That's it. Did I do it? I did it. Tov, I want to learn one Pasuk in Rashi. I want to learn one Pasuk in Rashi, and then uh, the comment of the Torah service. So here's the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Vayome Hashem el Avram lech lecha be'atzecha mimoladetecha uvibet avicha el ha'aretz asher ha'echad. Anybody ever hear this Pasuk before? I probably, probably you did. I mean, it's the kind of Pasuk that people know. It's like school. It's like in school. You get out of school, you go to school for eight years, and you learn three psukim. This is one of them. One of the three psukim. The second Pasuk is more difficult. The first Pasuk is easy. Everybody knows uh, God told Avradino, go, and so he went. <coughs> the second Pasuk, however, is very difficult. Right? What B has to do with A is not clear. Or is it a reward of some sort? Okay. What's the specific context of And what do all these things mean? And finally, the last clause is... Um, is really unclear. Ve'ye bracha. Ve'ye bracha. What is ve'ye bracha? What might it mean? I mean, it sounds good. All of these things sound positive, but we would like to know a little bit more about them. And so Rashi leads us through the Pasuk and explains it to us very carefully. Rashi says, Lech lecha. Everybody knows this Rashi. So what this Rashi means is that Rashi is trying to understand the formulation or the difference between God saying to Avravino left, which means go, which is perfectly clear and understandable, and lech lecha, which sounds like it means go for you. Uh, we could change it into for your good, for your benefit, lech lecha. So Rashi explains that that's what lecha means. Lecha means for you, for your good, for your benefit. And Rashi, the words that Rashi uses are lehanatcha or letovatcha. Hanatcha and tovatcha. I mean, it's very nice, very nice. God said, "I'm going to give you a good deal. If you go to Canaan, then you'll get other good things." To us, it sounds a little, um, I don't know if it's superfluous, but you would think that Avram Avinu might do what God wants him to do without the offer of incidental benefit. And this kind of creates a problem as to what is going on, which Rashi doesn't quite explain. Rashi says, continues, and there, you will become a goy gadol, a great, the father of a great nation. Khan iata zochele banim. Khan iata, here, wherever they were, which was nowhere, right? They were displaced because Terach already took the family from Orkastim to Haran. And so they, like he was in any place, Avram Avinu. And uh, the father, Akhsodesh Bohu, says, Khan iata zochele banim. I mean, this is true, but I mean, why would God tell him that? I mean, what, what is this? And there, you will have children. In Eretz Kenan, you'll be a goy gadol. The old gadol. You will become great. You'll be great. And your greatness will be known to everybody. Again, it's hard to know exactly what the Pasuk is talking about, even with Rashi. But that's what Rashi, Rashi is sensitive to all of these words. To all of the words. Lech lecha, me'artzecha, me'artzecha, be'tavicha, el'aretz asher er eka. And then, ve'e'escha le'goy gadol. That's what Rashi says. That's what, that, that's what the Pasuk says. And Rashi explains, you will have children. Here, you're not going to have children. There, you are going to have children. 
Now the second pasuk in Rashi. I mean, it's really it's printed together. This is the last section of the second pasuk, right? The last section of the second pasuk. Which means something like, you are the possessor of blessings. The possessor of blessings to give out, to distribute. You will be the bracha man. You will be the bracha machine. And the Rashi says, Adachshava Yubiyadi. Berachli et Adam. That Noach v'otcha. Right, you remember the brachot? Yeah, the brachot. To Adam Arishon, HaKadosh Baruch said, Perek Aleph Pasuk Tavched Vayivarech Otav Elokim Vayomer Lehem Elokim Pruvu Belohot Haaretz Vekim Shua. That's the bracha that HaKadosh Baruch gave to Adam Arishon. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Abba Avinu, in order for you to get this bracha, which everybody is supposed to get, you have to go to Eretz Canaan. That's what, I, that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says. Then when it comes to Noach, when Noach, the Pesach says, Vayavarech Elokim et Noach ve'et Banav, Vayom Elohim Pru'u So that means that until this point in history, the brachot came from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, specifically to Adam HaRishon and to Noach. That's how the brachot worked. And now Rashi says, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, to, uh, to Aram Avinu, says this, Until now, God, Kaviyochol, was the bracha giver. God gave out the brachas. Berachnet Adam led Noach lotcha. And from now on, you, Avram Avinu, are going to bless whoever you wish to bless. Whoever you find, this uh, is not clear to me. I don't understand what this means. Avram Avinu became the blesser. Who did he bless? Why did he bless? Anyway, that doesn't matter. I mean, it's a hard rush. It's hard for us to understand. Along comes Rashi and says, Dabar Acher. So now we have a problem. You know, whenever Rashi says, Dabar Acher, our inclination is to say that the first interpretation was not ay 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 ay, and so you need the second interpretation. But if that's the case, then why doesn't Rashi just say the second interpretation and leave out the first interpretation? The second interpretation is better than the first interpretation. Put in the second and leave out the first. So then you have to say both interpretations are not so ay 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 ay. So when you have a situation where you have many interpretations but you don't like any of them, so one option is to put down a few. And then, you know, What's the davarach that Rashi says? Something that seemingly has absolutely nothing to do with what's going on in the parish. Davarach Abraham. Shmon Esri, right? Shmon Esri. You're going to say Shmon Esri. Your children will say Shmon Esri. They'll say Elokei Abraham. That's another pasuk, right? Another word in the pasuk. Oh, we can see the end of this story already. And the third part is Now what has this got to do with anything? I mean, it's true, it's a medrash. I mean, Rashi only quotes medrashim. It's not the legitimacy of the material that we're questioning here. We just don't understand what God is saying to Aram Avinu, God says to Aram Avinu, hey, if you do what I say, all of your children will say Shimon Esrei. Wow. That's a relief. You know, like, to imagine all those people in China saying Shimon Esrei. No, just we say Shimon Esrei. That's what the post, that's what Rashi says. He says, and then he says, Yechol yuchotmim b'kulan, Right? Because like, like, you ever think of this question? 
let's say you say, okay, you know how it is, the bracha that comes at the end of the paragraph, Shimon Esrei, encapsulates what the paragraph before it says. Encapsulate means short. And the paragraph is long. So the bracha that you say at the end of the paragraph is about the paragraph. So this paragraph, how it starts, etc., could have ended Baruch Hashem Magain I don't know about Magain leave that word out Avraham Yitzchak Yaakov that's what they're talking about they all wrote so HaKadosh Baruch promises Avraham Avidu everybody's going to say Shimon Esrei but when they come to encapsulate the first paragraph of Shimon Esrei they're going to say Magain Avraham they're only going to mention Avraham Avinu and they're not going to mention the other avot. Okay. Since we all know this Rashi, and we all learned it when we were children, then I assume that we all understand it. Why would we want to go over something we learned when we were children? So, I want to tell you, what I wanted to show you is what the Torah emet, or the Torah semes, the Hasidim say, say about, says about this. The Torah semes was a Rebbe in Lublin, Lublin is a town in Poland. And he was a Talmud of Ishbitz. And his... Well, Ishbitz. A Mordechai Yosef Lanya, who was called Ishbitzer. That's what he was called. Now the curious thing about the Torah Semes is that his name was Label Eger. Eger. Aleph Yud Yud Lamech Gimel Reish Eger Label Eger. His father was Rav Shlomo Eger. I see. I've, I've, I'm fascinating you already. But his father was Rabbi Yekiva Eger, which means that the most litvat misnaged personality ever born, except for the Vilna right? That's Rabbi Yekiva Eger had a grandson who was a Rebbe, which I'm sure did not make him happy. But that's the way it was. So Rav Leibola Eger moved to Lublin, and he became a Rebbe in Lublin. And he was a Talmud of Ishbitz. After he died, after he died, Rav Tzodok Akoin known as Rav Tzodek HaKoyen, became the Rebbe in Lublin. Both of them were Talmudim at the same time in Izhvitz, but Rav Label Eger was older. Even though most people agreed that Rav Tzodek was a greater scholar and knew the Torah better, Rav Label Eger, he, Rav Tzodek insisted that Rav Label Eger should be the Rebbe. Should be the Rebbe. And the way they tell the story, during the reign of Rav Label Eger in Lublin, that's when Rav Tzodek sat home and wrote Svarim. So we're very happy about that. And when he died, he became Rebbe. And of course, he had other things, he had other things to do. But this is a very noble, uh, it's a noble line in Hasidus that goes back to Pshischa, Ishbitz, uh, Lublin. Uh, this is a uh, this is a big deal, even though it doesn't exist today. But in uh, in the history of the Hasidic written word, this is a really uh, special group of people. So in any event, is the Torah Sabbath. He wrote Rabbi Leibel Eger wrote a book on Chumash on Parsha called Torah Sabbath. And this is what he says. now he says, Hine, Hai Davar Achesha Bevi Rashi Salhu, 
Limotar. Now that's a question that they never asked in Litter. This is only a Chosid can ask this question. He says the second part of Rashi, the starts the Baracher, is extraneous. We don't need it. The Baracher, the Im Rashi Zal Yitzel Avi Kolapei Rishim Shemivi Hamidrash. This is the only reason that he could imagine that Rashi would bring it is because it's there. It doesn't connect. The two parishim don't have anything to do with each other. So he says, well, if Rashi, if that was what Rashi did, that he just quoted parishim, then uh, there wouldn't be enough room to write down all the parishim in the, in the, in the Midrash. <coughs> so this is an assumption. He has an assumption that if you learn Rashi properly, you should be able to understand the Pasuk correctly. And that Rashi would not waste our time by quoting things that were irrelevant to this main uh, effort that he is making to explain the Pasuk to us. You see, I'm at the beginning of the, what looks like the second paragraph to me. V'nir eh, v'kavanat Rashi kachu, d'nei l'chorai yesh l'avin, d'ita b'medrash, d'sayon ha'rishon d'lech l'cha v'nishon r'b'lech l'cha, d'ayinu l'lech l'cha l'aretz ha'moriyah. You know that Chazal saw the things that have, all these stories that have Gavram Avinu, from l'lech l'cha, mi'artzcha v'mo'avdecha until akedat yitzchak he said in that interim there were ten nisyonot the word nisyonot is usually translated as tests and of course that's not easy to understand why would God have to test Avram Avinu what's the point etc etc after all everybody knows I mean God certainly knows that Avram Avinu will pass the test but according to the Torah Met, the question is another, from the other side. The second line in that paragraph, of You should pay attention. says, what sort of test is it? I mean, that Avram Avinu went when HaKadosh Baruch told him to go? I mean, what's the big deal? Why would the Torah tell us that? I mean, that's the deal. There's God, and there's us. And if God says do something, so you do it. I mean, whoever, I mean, of course, we know that there are instances where God said do something, and we, uh, people attempted not to do it. But in, in, the, in a kind of perfect setup, and after all, Adma bin was all faith. And that's the way we understand him. He had perfect faith in HaKadosh Baruch meaning that there was no distinction in Avraham Vidu's mind between the command and the execution of that demand. I mean, it just had to, had to happen. Mm-hmm. This is even if God told him to do something crazy. Like, why just walk from one end of the world to the other? So of course Abraham Vida would do it. And we know that's true because God did tell Abraham Vida to do something crazy. To sacrifice his son. Why is it crazy? I mean, I saw the Mephoshim note, because after all, God told Abraham Avinu which means that he's going to have a lot of progeny. And if he kills his son, he's not going to have a lot of progeny. But Abraham Avinu understood it this way. Abraham Avinu understood it this way. This is like sort of Kierkegaardian, but you know, this is how Abraham Avinu understood it. I do what God tells me to do. The problem of the contradiction between I will have many children and grandchildren, etc., and, uh, and on the other side, uh, my son is going to be dead. That's God's problem. That's not my problem. I don't have to figure that out. But since I, I'm absolutely clear that a Kodesh Baruch wants me to sacrifice my son, I'm going to do that. All the, uh, the other issues, the other issues, that's, that's in God's lap, so to speak. 
so that the Torah service takes it as a davar pashut that somebody, almost anybody, but certainly somebody in the stature of Avram Avinu is going to do what God tells him to do. So why is it held in such a esteem here that God will bless him and give him brachot and, 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 and the like? Now, in this paragraph, there are like five lines in the bottom of the paragraph. And he says, further, I don't understand why, why we call this a test. Didn't God tell Avinu that if he just does this, he's going to have all the credit cards that exist? And the keys to the car. I mean, of course he's going to do it. I mean, in any event, and he's got two reasons. One reason is that God told him to do it. The other reason is that this is like, uh, you know, a leveraged buyout of, of life. I mean, he's going to get everything. He get everything for doing this, so why wouldn't he do it? It doesn't make any sense to think otherwise. So he says, so the Torah says, the says, we're going to test this. Test must be hard. Test must be something that people would not ordinarily do. That's what a test is. But to do something that everybody would do, to get this tremendous reward that everybody wants, what's the Nisayon? What's the Shoresh. He says, I'm getting down to it. This is the Doris. I was going to tell you something. Until now, it's just questions. He says, the Vadai. So this is a, uh, well, I mean, everybody can hook into this, but it's sort of like a Kabbalistic idea that real, real is machshava and kavana. Now, even though it's true that we're not judged for machshava and kavana. But we also know that in order to make a simple act into a sacred act, you need machshava and kavana. So that if you want to daven, you have to have machshava and kavana. I mean, both are similar, you know, there's similar sides to them, but that's what makes saying words into davening. Right? Kavana is, a, is an issue, as we all know. So he says, he goes further, he says, real, that's machshava and kavana. Maaseh is not real. Because if you don't mean it, and you did it, you didn't do it. But if you mean it, then in heaven, it's as though you did it. That's what the, that's what the Torah Ahmed is trying to say. He says, <coughs> uh, Listen to this. This is really tremendous. He says, what was the test of Avram Avinu? What was the test? Means the essence of the test. Tmimut is a word which might be translated as perfection. Tamim is without a blemish, a physical, intellectual, spiritual blemish. Godel Hatmimut, the quantity of perfection with which Avram Avinu approached this task. Godel atmimut shel Avram Avinu machshavto hazaka. Machshavto hazaka, pure thought. Asher lo kivein b'mitzvotam l'shum davar l'hanato. Rak l'kayim ritzon Hashem. V'lo l'shkiach klal l'mashiach tzmiach lo min zeshim tovah. This is wonderful. Right, you know, wonderful. Wonderful means I like it. You see, the Pasuk says, Lech lecha, me'artzecha, me'moladitecha, me'beit avicha. 
so that the good things in this pasuk are hidden. Right? Where are the good things in the pasuk? In the word lecha, which Rashi says, "Alatovatcha ulahanaatcha." And then in the second pasuk it says, "Vescha goigadol." Then it's already it's it's out the open. Vescha goigadol vagadlashulecha vayebracha. So Rashi, according to the Torah, the Met explains to us, explains to us that in the Kiyum of the Mitzvah, the Nisayon was, could Avram Avinu achieve Lech Lecha with perfect imperfection? That is to say, without thinking at all about the good things that would accrue to him. This is as though HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Abravidu, listen, if you do what I say, you're going to get a lot of good things. But the, I want you to do what I say without thinking about the good things that you're going to get. And that was the Nisayon that Abravidu had in Olam HaZeh. That, that Olam HaZeh was not a determining factor in Avram Avinu's going out and heeding God's word. And that's why the first pasuk says, Lech Lecha, it's hidden. But if Rashi didn't tell you, you wouldn't know, you would think that. And that's what the Torah Temet says. It says, no, God says to Avram Avinu, listen, Avram Avinu, do it mut. Do it in a perfect way. Be spiritually connected to the command and ignore the fact that you're going to get this goodness and that goodness and the other goodness. And that's the test. The test was not that would Avramavino listen. That was not the test. The test was could Avramavino listen to God with perfection or would he be dazzled by the promises of the reward. So we understand a little bit better why it's hidden. The lecha hides the fact that it's the tovatcha or hulaanatcha because what Avmavinu was supposed to do was somehow clear his mind of all things and do it because, because God uh, uh, wants him to do it. I always think when I go to shul that it's very hard, you know, it's very hard to daven in shul. Very hard to daven. It's very hard to daven in shul. And in shuls, they give people jobs. There are jobs. And I, I just came back from New York, I mean, and I would daven in, in the Jewish center. Jewish center is a very special place. They wear top hats. The rabbi, the two rabbis and the, um, the gaburim you know, who are also very important people. They wear top hats, like, you know, these kinds, like we used to call them opera hats, I think. Top hats and cutaway jackets with tails and striped pants. You want to go? And the Jewish Center. 86th Street uh, and... Uh, no, no, listen to me. I was just there. <laughs> Tell me where I was. I was in the Jewish Center. The. It's called the Jewish Center. It's not a Jewish Center, but it's the Jewish Center. So they wear these, they wear these outfits and they think, um, they think they're right. <laughs> they think everybody who doesn't do this is, uh, is, is mad. And then the, the Gaboim also wear top hats and um, striped pants. And... Um, so, because my question was, where do you buy this stuff? You know, like, because every time he's a new guy, he's a different size, so they have to get a new, a new outfit for him. So what I mean is that that ah, uh, uh, that's also, but they may have all the people in the shoe divided up by sizes. You know, there's an A person, a B, so we need an A guy now. So we'll. Uh, <laughs> but the point that I wanted to make was. That, that one of the things that drives people to shul, which I guess is a good thing, I and mean, it's good for people to come to shul, is that they, is, is covered, you know, you know covered? So, so, you, so if you're like sitting in shul, you say, gee, if, uh, I could get to wear a top hat. If I, 
I kept at this, you know, like I just came often enough. So I, I don't think you have to buy the top hats. I think they have a supply, but you have to buy the rest of the outfit for yourself. So, so Talmud is, a, a, is, is, is superfluous, right? It's not part of davening. Nobody says that in order to daven chakras, you have to get covered. <laughs> I mean, I, at least I don't know anything like that. But people want those things that seem to be ex- extra, like on the side. I want the, and, and that's what drives you. The first person who confronted this as a test, according to Torah Sabbath, was Avram Avinu. So the people said to Avram, I want you to do something. And the result is going to be very good for you. But I want to see if you can do it without considering the result or the implication. Just do it for itself. Just do it because that's what God wants. And try to ignore the bride. And that's a nisayon. Why is that a nisayon? Because, or you could say, if we like reflect back into history, that religion, after all, was always used in the ancient world and maybe also in the modern day world. I don't want to talk about that. But in the ancient world, was used as a way of controlling reality. Like people, people needed things. They needed rain. They needed grain. They needed crops. They needed, they needed a good life. So who could they turn to? They turned to God. And they offered God a deal. And the deal was, we'll show up in temple, and shul, and, and, and whatever, whatever it is we're going to show up in, but we want to get back, we want to get back what we deserve to have. Avra Vinu was the first one, first of all, was directed to listen to God without thinking about what the positive implications might be. And that was a Nisayon. And you know that the Medrash says also the word Nisayon, Nun, Sama, etc., includes the word Nes. There's a Hebrew word Nes, which means like a flag, Al Nes. You hold something up. But Avram Avinu, Avram did this, or acted this out in public, so that everybody would understand what faith meant. What it meant to be an Isha and Munah. For everybody else, it was a deal. I do this, God helps me with that. But for Avravinu, for Avravinu, it was, it was pure machshava and kavana. It didn't matter to him, to Avravinu, that he would get or he wouldn't get, that he would have the, the benefits of, of Olam Hazer or not, because when he did the mitzvah, as we see with Akedat Yitzchak, Avravinu, Avravinu uh, was not interested in, uh, in the real of it. He was only interested in the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had directed him to do this. We're up to the next paragraph. It's a long paragraph. So you have to understand that the Torah that was a chassid. Chassid means that he was a Kabbalist. Like all the chassidim are Kabbalists. Um, and so, so he, he is now talking about the fact that conversation that HaKadosh Baruch had with Avram Avinu was also Torah. But what, I, what God said to Avram Avinu was in the Torah. So if it was in the Torah, then that means that by moving around the letters a little bit, we should be able to find secrets, <laughs> secret messages contained therein. Umitoch ha'tevot mitbarulo kavanata enyan v'ratzana shemit brachana. Amar Avinu understood this because he didn't only hear the words, but he was able to penetrate the uh, the letters, the organization of the letters. Rinei kol dibur elokim sovel kama perushim. And we understand that divine speech is always mani- has manifold meanings. That's, um, uh, er- everybody understands that. That there's a, kind of, there's a kind of literature that has very little, that has very few meanings, that only has an obvious meaning. We call them newspapers. 
write newspapers the way they write. They want you to get it right away. They want you to look for hidden messages. If there's a hidden message, they tell it to you. Right? That's a newspaper. But if you read uh, Shakespeare, it's a little bit different. I mean, the lie is that people are reading Shakespeare for hundreds of years and they still think it's interesting. That's amazing. Can you imagine somebody reading the Times for the same, same day for hundreds of years and finding it interesting? I, I can't imagine it. So that words, words that we are confronted with have this, always this possibility of having more than one meaning. And so the Torah Sabbath says when it comes to God's words, so the meanings might be really end, endless if you could penetrate them, if you could get into those words. And so we become, this is like an interesting idea, that, that the reader, I mean this is a very modern idea for those of you who are into these kinds of things, I mean, those of you who study chemistry or physics are not into this, but it's a modern idea that the reader is integrated with the writer in sort of same shot, right? It's not like the reader is an empty vessel. You say, tell me the words, and I'll tell you what he's saying. It's not quite like that. Because the reader also has preferences. He also understands, he or she, slash she, understands things in a certain way. So when the reader understands things in a certain way, so that the shot comes out differently. Even when you're reading, it's true when you read great literature, it's certainly true when you read the Torah, that's what the Torah said, I don't know if the Torah said, ever read any great literature. <laughs> but, but he had this idea, he had this idea that reading is, is a joint effort between the writer and the reader. <coughs> he says, So, so, so the Sarasavis describes Avram Avinu. He says, this is what I see. God comes to Avram Avinu and says, Lech Lecha, the Yetzahara, what's the Yetzahara? The Yetzahara is bad shot. I mean, I know you know the Yetzirah is the evil inclination. But in this case, Yetzirah means in this integration between the author, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the reader, Avram Avinu, there's also Yetzirah that says, let's say this shot. Let's say that that's not really what God wants. God must want something else. So he says, is dealo pirusha so the Yetzirah came and said to Avinu, everything that God is talking about is this world's pleasures. And so the Yetzirah came and he read he like went only hazard over the divine command with Avram Avinu and said, this word means cars, this word means houses, this word means vacations. This, like he, he, like, he like drove it in. And so this is Ishbitz. This is real, honest, the goodness Ishbitz. Because what is the Torah Samus saying? That Rashi is? Yes, sir. The Rashi represents, that's what Rashi is telling us. He's telling, in other words, not only is the Davar Acher of at least equal importance, but it's going to turn out according to the Torah Demet that it's of only importance, and all the rest of the stuff is just to confuse us. <coughs> so the part of the Rashi that I remember from the time that I was a kid is the part that I've got to try to forget now according to the Torah series, because that's the Yetzirah talking when Avram Vino heard 
the message from a Kodesh Bohu. That's the Yitzhara. The Yitzhara said, do what God said. It'll work out. People who go with God, they always have it good. And you're going to have it great. Because you're the first one. No one else before Avravid ever went with God, except Noach a little bit, but we missed Noach last week. Aval Avraham Avinu b'zol tzidkato nikiyut machshavto hebin shuzelo meikar avodah lekayem pekudat hamelech avoshevah tovosh yasmeh lo mizadavah that you don't listen to God because you're going to get something. Zelo havei oveid Hashem the Torah says. This is not called Avoda, the service of HaKadosh Baruch. Rak et atzmo vavur tovato. He says that's just doing something for himself. If God says do it, then you'll get something. So I do it, but I do it because I want to get something, not because God told me. Miyad hafach avrami machshavto perushe advarim ledavar cher. Lavodat haborei baruchu lichvod Immediately. Adam Avinu fought off this Yetzirah and reworked the Pshat. He had a different understanding of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him. The law created a new intention. He didn't intend to go in order to get something, but uh, so we see that Avram Avinu created Avodah Sashem. Because even Adam Harishon, even Adam Harishon, remember the Pesach says, Adam Ayin, Lavodet Adamah, and Rashi says that they needed, we needed the Tfilah, that man had to pray in order for the world to be sustained and to grow and to develop. That's, that's uh, Adam Ayin, Lavodet Adamah. He didn't do work in Ganeiden, but he gathered in Ganeiden. But that was davening for something. Adama Rishon davened for something. Avraham Yitzchak and Yaakov, who created Shacharit Mincha Ma'ari. They created it. They created this idea that you stand before God and you give Shevach and you praise God. Not for anything in particular. Not because you want something. This is the invention. Amravinu invented prayer for the sake of prayer. That's what the Torah Tamet is saying, I think. That even though, even though the Yetzirah, the Yetzirah meaning the other pshat, the possible pshat, the less exalted pshat, crept into Amravinu's mind, he was able to drive it out. And how did he drive it out? By saying, okay, Abraham, okay, Yitzchak, okay, Yaakov. He realized that the progeny that he would have, that the enterprise that he would build, they would be tremendous experts on tefillah, on being able to stand, to place themselves in Olam Hazer, standing before God. And that's the Lech Lecha. We all have Lech Lecha, right? We all Lech Lecha. Rab Nachman Abratzel said, Kol Makom Shani Holech, Ani Holech Eretz Yisrael. What do you do in Eretz Yisrael? Well, you can face the Beit HaMikdash and you can daven. That's what Eretz Yisrael is. It's true, there are other things that happen in Eretz Yisrael. Some more pleasant, some less pleasant. 
But that's what he means when he says, Koma Komshani Olechla Nachman said, Ani Olechla Eretz Yisrael. And the Torah Emes said, the Torah Emes said that given the choice between being a religious personality, as were the religious personalities that preceded him, Avram Avinu opted to be a new kind of religious personality. <coughs> I stand before God because that's the ethic. There isn't anything else worth doing. And whether I benefit from that or I don't benefit from that is irrelevant to me at this moment. And that was Avram Avinu's invention. That was Avram Avinu's invention. Avram Avinu also, according to the Kabbalah, is chesed, right? Avram Avinu is chesed. Chesed means you give, but you don't get anything in return. You don't think about getting it. That's what chesed is. That's what chesed is. Chesed shalemet is what you do with, uh, with the dead person. Right? The dead person is certainly not going to repay you in any way. So this is how the Torah Med learns the Rashi. That when Rashi says Dabar Acher, he doesn't mean either A or B. He means, according to the Torah Med, first Avramavidu thought about it this way. Dabar Acher, then Avramavidu thought about it in his way, in the way that only he at that time could think about it. And that's why it's called the Nisayon, because it becomes the lesson that everybody had to learn. You want to be part of the Avram Avinu team, this is how you act. If you can't join that team, right, if your name is Ishmael, so you go elsewhere. If your name is Esav, you go elsewhere. You learned it, you, you knew about it. But you weren't able, you weren't able to join. Let's just finish the Torah. There might be a few minutes. The last paragraph. That, that, that actually, God said, go. And even if Abraham Vina would have thought incorrectly, about what God said, that he said, oh, I'll go because I'm going to get all this great stuff. He, he, st- he would have done it. He says, he, he was not interested. was not interested in only doing what God said, using the words of God. <coughs> No one else understood what was happening, really. Only God understood it. Because God understands what's going on in your heart. So that's the test. And only God was able to grade the exam. And only God was able to know that this is what Avram Avinu was really, was really doing. B'zeru shekatuv b'tzadad lebavon ne'man lefanecha b'avein posu g'nechemia b'zeru shekatuv me'id alav b'yelecha avram kashay d'beri lav Hashem b'tzelama this is what the posu means Shalach bezo habchina betabana shal Hashem yiparach baruchu baruch shemo v'lo kasheh nisayetzer belavavo lefatoto min haderech hayashar veemet. He went as God wanted him to go, and not as he might have done. Some other pshat that you that you put into the into the words. V'zob emet nisayon gadol. This is really a tough thing to be able to stand before Kodesh Baruch and Gavin without thinking about anything else. And everybody probably once in their life, maybe more, had this feeling when you daven Ni'ila. Right? Ni'ila suddenly, everything is, you can't think about anything else. It's partially because, you know, you're in a hurry and you know, it's always over and you have to have the I mean, all these things together 
make the Elah a very singular time, I think, in most places where people daven. And you remember that. You remember that you know, it's really possible to daven and not think about anything else. It's possible. Right? So once you know that it's possible, you can expand it to other times. I mean, it's not, uh, not so difficult. But it's, if you didn't know that it was possible because of your personal experience, it would be much harder. But since everybody has, I think, a lot of people certainly have that experience of Ni'ila in one place or another. So you can expand it. The last two lines, This is Avram Avinu Rashi. I mean, let's go back to the Rashi, and with this we will uh, we'll stop. Uh, Rashi, Rashi says, according to Torah Tamet, as you pointed out correctly, Avram Avinu was struggling between what the obvious chat was, or an obvious chat, and obvious after Avram Avinu was a person. He also wanted to live. He also wanted to be able to feed all the people who were in his entourage. He felt that responsibility. He, Avram Avinu, felt that responsibility. And so he naturally said, Lech lecha, litovatcha, olahanatcha. But Avram Avinu was able to drive that thought away and to have it overcome by another thought. And that other thought was, you do things when God wants you to do something, you do it with the ultimate purity. You never think of any goodness that might accrue to you. And that's Ve'yei Bracha, Elokei Abraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. Have a good chance. Can we dive in Yes, we have a minion?